Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. You're cleared to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, a little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter, and hopefully just as beneficial. Essentially, what happened is between Wi-Fi cutouts and rescheduling from a guest and this, that, and the other, I realized, holy crap, I don't have an episode for Friday. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through five things I wish I'd known when I was getting out of the military. And really just some of the ways to kind of prep yourself to make it a smoother transition because uh, it's not always that great of a transition. Now, some of this stuff will be something that can benefit you while you're still in. Some of this will be stuff that can benefit you once you've already made the transition. So it's definitely worth sticking around because it'll be a short episode. As always, I'm going to say this is sponsored by The War Room, which is really me just saying, hey, look, if you click the link in the bio or in the show notes or whatever, um, It'll take you to a place where you can schedule a strategy call with my team and we can see if we can help you out when you're ready to take that next step to actually, you know, wanting to achieve financial freedom. Like, obviously you don't need to pay me to learn stuff, but if you want to get in a really high end community full of service members and vets that are crushing it and will support you and hold you accountable and really amplify the success you're going to have anyway, it's a good place. So I love it. Come check it out. And on that note, we're going to jump right in. So number one is disability. Everybody talks about it. And the phrase in the military is document everything. They're like, oh, document. Everybody you hear is like, I wish I'd documented. I wish I'd documented. So, okay, that's great. What does that mean? It just essentially means going to the doctor and complaining about anything and everything you think could ever be a problem. So if you're like, man, I hurt my ankle once in this thing in the military, but it's fine right now. Nobody cares. Go talk about it. Like, yeah, I did this thing. And sometimes it does this thing. I don't know, whatever. Like for my example, I had my foot crushed under a seven ton. Actually, it was a semi. They were offloading a semi, seven ton with a semi and it was a hydraulic. Uh, The guy on the other side didn't see me undoing a chain binder on the front of the seven ton. And I couldn't hear the hydraulics activating on the semi truck bed because the semi was running and the seven ton was running. So it was very, very loud. And so here I am undoing this chain binder and he's lowering the trailer and I would have lost my freaking foot or the first front half of my foot had I been like two feet to the right. But luckily where I was, it pinched the steel toe. It crushed the steel toe. They had to cut the boot off my foot, but it didn't go any further because the trailer hit the ground. Had I been scooted towards the front more, it probably would have cut off the front half of my foot. Anyway, went in, no fractures, no breaks, no nothing. Everything's great. Yo wear a cast or wear a uh, crutch for like a week while the swelling goes down and come back if you need to. And I always felt like a, if I went on like a long run, I'd feel like a pressure there or uh, almost like I needed to pop like that kind of like feeling you get in your knuckle pre pop right for um, my arch, but it was nothing to me. Right. I was like, eh, whatever. Um, But luckily when I was getting close to getting out, I brought it up because I ended up getting like full on, orthopedics for it. I, apparently that foot is completely flat. Like there's no arch left um, and all this other stuff. And had I not said anything, I would have had to rely on the fact that now, luckily I have documents from that injury. So I would have been okay. 
but now it's like, okay, it's twofold. It's like, we already went through and saw the problem and everything and blah, blah, blah. Um, another example, CPAP. I have a CPAP. I have sleep apnea. When I was in the military, I complained about it. I was like, dude, I'm sleeping, but I am not sleeping well. And I'm waking up feeling more tired than when I went to bed. And so they took me to a sleep study. Sleep study said I was normal. Like it was like right on the cusp, but they were like, close enough. You're good. Um, had I not done that, then now it wouldn't be service connected. I wouldn't get disability and I'd be screwed. Whereas in the past, all good. So, yeah. Um, VA loan. Obviously, we all know the VA loan. It's incredible. Best benefit. House hacking with it is amazing. I think it's the best thing you could possibly do um, to get started in real estate. And I am a huge fan and believer in the VA loan. Now, that being said, the thing that most people don't realize is when you get out of the military, if you don't have a job right away, like in your career field that kind of transitions um, and like a, a job acceptance letter and, and whatever, they're not going to be able to count your income. So like the GI Bill doesn't count towards your income, uh, like the BAH you get from it. And if you don't have a job right away, you're going to have to wait until you have a year or two on tax records with that income to qualify for a mortgage. So ideally, if you are currently residing where you plan to get out and be buy a house a year prior to your exit. That way you can use the military's income to qualify for the house. And then when you get out, you have a place. Or if you're moving somewhere and you've got a family, you, some lenders are iffy on this, but you can buy a house for your family to occupy on your way out of the military. That is another option. Um, but you got to do it like a year prior when that income still counts and when you might still reenlist. If you wait until you're six months out from EAS and you have no intention of reenlisting, uh, re well, not going to be able to qualify for a loan. Um, so house hacking with that is a great way to get a place for yourself and minimize expenses. So that's really all we're going to touch on on the VA loan. Right now, there's a ton of other resources, and I'm happy to introduce you to a lender and, and or agent in your area that actually understands the loan and knows how to work with vets um, and is not a schmuck. So happy to do that. Number three, GI Bill Voc Rehab. Again, you all know about this, but the thing that I didn't realize was with Voc Rehab, and I am still learning about this, by no means an expert, but with Voc Rehab, you can utilize it even like as long as you have some of your GI Bill remaining. So you could go and get like a full bachelor's almost and then switch over to Voc Rehab if you have some disability and do a vocational skill um, like film school, which a couple of my friends are going to right now, or welding or uh, maybe even your pilot's license. It just depends, right? But that's a way to essentially double tap and get like a vocational skill and a degree off of the GI Bill. So uh, more to come on that as I learn more about it. I'll do some better videos, but definitely something to think through and, and really plan out what you want to do with that. Number four, I'm going to say is identity, right? Um, I wish that I had known how much it was going to matter to have a real identity for who I am, who Dave is, and then, you know, uh, like a purpose in life and that whole piece and that a community. Um, getting out of the military is tough. It's a lot tougher than you'd think, especially if you go back to somewhere like Missouri, where I live, where I'm not around Marine Corps bases. There's Marine Corps vets here, but there's not a ton. It's very pro-military, but there's just not a lot of veterans here. There's definitely not a lot of active duty other than the recruiters. And so, you know, I don't get to hang out with those guys anymore. And you don't realize how much that means or how much that matters. Do you get out and you're like, I can't find a consistent gym partner, or I can't find this, or I can't find that, or I want to go do these things. And all my friends are schmucks or they're married or 
You're going to miss hanging out with the boys. So you really need to find your purpose. And it, your purpose, you don't have to like know exactly what you're called to do right when you leave the military. But you have to be hunting, like looking for it. Like what is your purpose? As a man, you need a purpose in life. Whether that's providing for your family, serving your country, um, you know, serving the veteran community, right? Like whatever that is, you need something to chase. Um, identity is the same way. You got to know who you are outside of the military. Yes, I'm a Marine, Marine Corvette, will always be a Marine. But who am I outside of the Marine Corps? That took a lot to get used to and to really come up with good answers for. It just is what it is. So um, community piece. I mentioned the war room before. The thing that I love about it the most is that it is a community. The people in that group are always there, always want to help. It's super uplifting, positive, not like some of these vet groups where full of vet bros and they tear you down and it's just no fun. Um, you ask legitimate questions for advice, you just get ripped to shreds. This one, no matter how dumb the question is, people are going to help you. Um, and, the, you know, the whole no such thing as a dumb question. Yes, there are. But that's okay. We've all asked them. So I'm not going to coddle you and tell you, like, dude, you could have you could have Googled that in 10 seconds. But whatever. Like, we'll answer it. It is what it is. Um, the group is there to help. And the accountability and the guest speakers we bring in and i mean it's it's very 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 cool so I'm not saying that's the community you should join but if you're interested in financial freedom it's pretty sick so if you go to the you know for militarymillionaire.com slash mastermind dash application great or if you just click the link in the show notes uh we'd be happy to talk with you and see if you're a good fit and the last one number five here i'll put tsp um i had a lot of questions about what people should do with this i have a whole article on it my thought is leave it you know, put it in whatever fund you plan to put it on, put it in and let it ride, let it grow, let it be your cash reserves for purchasing properties. Um, people are going to try to sell you on making it a uh, self-directed IRA or moving it into an IRA. People trying to sell you on it being an IRA are probably financial advisors that get a commission off of you rolling it over. The self-directed IRA people are probably real estate investors who want you to invest in their deals. Um, that's a, not a terrible option. Like the self-directed IRA to invest in other deals is great. Um, I have investors in some of my deals that do that, but so is the TSP. There's something to be said for not having your entire portfolio in real estate, having the TSP be this separate piece of the stock market that does its thing while you also invest in real estate instead of taking it out of the stock market to only invest in real estate. Um, that's just me. Uh, life insurance. If someone's telling you to liquidate your TSP to buy a whole life insurance, um, just I want you to like put some baby powder on your hand and just bitch slap them. Ah, I hate that shit. It is a commission play. They make money. They will sell. It is so easy to make life insurance sound great, but it's not right for you unless you can cut a hundred K check to fund it fully, like overfunded on day one, be able to access the cash. And it's got to be a non-direct recognition policy, which most of them aren't. That means you actually get paid interest on the money, even when it's not in the policy, like when you have it out. Um, most people will sell you on that and then they'll make a direct recognition policy where you don't actually get paid unless the money is in the account. And so it's gotta be a non-direct recognition policy and it should, this is why this stuff sucks. If they will sell you on this whole cash value piece and in order to do that, you have to overfund it. You have to, you know, whatever you want a massive cash value policy with a really small life insurance policy, which is ironic because the whole point of it is life insurance. So you want a small death benefit. Problem is that all these agents who are selling it get paid on the death benefit. So they are going to sell you this dream and then try to make the death benefit bigger for their commission. So they'll either increase the size of your policy above what you need it to be or 
they will sell you a policy that doesn't fit what they're telling you that they're selling you. Uh, and it'll have like a small cash value and it'll be direct recognition. And half of them don't freaking know any better because you don't need any kind of crazy. Um, it's just not regulated. So um, also the VGLI is an option, but don't, if you're looking at the VGLI, just get term life. Right. So VGLI just means you roll over to the SG, like your, your normal life insurance into veteran group life insurance. It's great at first. It's super cheap, but it gets really expensive as you get older. And by the time it gets expensive, it's really hard for you to qualify for other policies. So I got a half a million dollar term life insurance policy for myself for like 26 bucks a month. And um, I'm happy to introduce you to the lady who hooked that up for me. She's great. She's in my community. She's a vet uh, or she's. I don't actually, she might be a spouse. I don't actually know. Um, she's phenomenal. Highly recommended by a bunch of guys that I trust. And, you know, for term life insurance, she's awesome. I've also got a guy in my community who's phenomenal. And I'll point you towards if you're interested in the whole life thing and he won't screw you. Um, he actually doesn't work with service members because he doesn't want any, like, you know, whatever. So he'll work with you as a veteran. Um, so just if you're going to get into the, with your TSP, I would say just leave it where it is and let it ride. Or, yeah, a self-directed IRA if you want to invest in real estate with it or an IRA. Uh, but even then, I would probably leave some in the TSP because you can always roll your IRA into your TSP and it has better withdrawal options than most of these policies and better fee options. And so long term, it's good to have your TSP open, even if you only have it open with like 100 bucks. You can roll stuff from your other IRA into it. Um, but that's a whole spiel. Just don't get sold, Right. If you're looking for stuff and you're researching stuff and you're looking for options, great. But if someone's just really hard pressed trying to sell you on something, ask yourself where the commission is coming from, because the odds are it's not in your best favor. Like if you roll it into the IRA, you're going to pay fees, you're going to pay the commission, you're going to do this. Let's say you have a hundred grand and you end up with 90 rolled in. You might as well have taken the 10% tax hit and pulled the money out. Um, I'm not saying that's the right move, but like it gets pricey and you're taking a cut out of your future, right? That hundred grand will compound a lot better than 90 grand. So anyway, there's my spiel. Five things that I wish I'd known or get asked about a lot. Leaving the military, there's a whole lot of other stuff, um, you know, mental issues and, and physical issues and, and struggles. But wanted to keep this short and sweet. I uh, hope it helps. Let me know. Um, well, first off, leave me a review on Apple if you made it this far and you like the show. I never asked for that. But let me know, you know, either message me on Facebook, drop it in the Facebook group, hit me a DM on Instagram, shoot me an email, military to millionaire Gmail, whatever, whatever method you communicate, because you can't just comment on the podcast post. Um, if you like this kind of content, I've been debating whether I should do like 10, 15 minute shows periodically, like maybe in the middle of the week, like one or two, where I just talk through something. And uh, it could be much more specific. It could be 10 or 15 minutes talking about a specific thing, or it could be kind of like listicles like this where I just talk through stuff. But uh, you guys are the listeners. I want to make this valuable to you. So hit me up. I'd love your feedback. Let me know what would make this the most valuable for you. And if you got something out of the show, I'd really appreciate a review. Have a great day.